I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 296. Go ahead, girl. Give us all the deets on your cruise. Okay, okay. <laughs> y'all, I haven't even been able to hear all these deets because we've been waiting to tell y'all. I so know. I don't even know these deets. I know. And Timothy wanted to tell you something. I was like, hey, not yet. Not yet. Can I just say, though, your fan that you took on that cruise, is that the one that... uh Caitlin found in the Uber when we were at the podcast <laughs> festival. It's like hers. Okay. Well, your fan was basically Flat Stanley making its way across Mexico. <laughs> Every damn time they would, like, her sister would post a picture because her sister went over there. She was the only one on the internet. Literally, every time you see Donna's fan, I'm like, okay, well, where's Flat Stanley going to pop up next? Like, well, we shared that fan, but Tiffany shared my little pink fan too. And so when I was having that outside, she had the little pink fan. And one time she was taking the picture of me and my sister and I have both fans just (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) Okay. So other than my fans, you know how like when you're with people and you're doing something like words, like phrases just happen. And I've had one phrase from this whole trip that we have said repeatedly and I've wanted to say it like to you, but then you wouldn't know it. And I wanted to say the whole thing, but it's sit and shit. Oh, and that's me. That is what I do. You just want to sit and shit. Yeah. Like it's like, oh man, my stomach kind of hurts. Feel like I might have to use the bathroom. Well, I'm going to go sit and shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's like, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens or whatever. And that was our whole thing. Like, well, guess it's my turn to go sit and shit. And oh my gosh. <laughs> because that's all you do on a cruise is eat and shit. <laughs> well, along with that shitting, the restrooms were so tiny. Yes. In your room, outside of your room, all the places. Yes. And so one night I had this epiphany while I was sitting on the toilet. Okay. I'm in one of the stalls. My elbow is on the toilet paper holder. Mm -hmm. My other one is on my belly. Yeah. And I'm like the sides, like I am squished. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) I was just sitting there and I was thinking, God, I'm big. Like, it just hit me, you know? Yes. Like, so I'm, like, crumbled up yes. trying to, and then I had to poop. Yeah, oh, God. Uh-huh. And so I'm just, like, sitting here, like, looked like I had, like, kangaroo arms, because yes. I'm, like, all up here, and I was like, huh, I'm big. Like, all the things that happened on this cruise, like, should have been a, you know, like, yeah. daily life, I'm big. Yeah. That part right there. That one part. Epiphany. Yes. Okay? So, <laughs> I cracked me up because I was like, I need to do something about this. And it was by the casino, which was the tiniest bathroom ever. And so I went back to Tiffany and we again, like just played in the casino. And then we wanted a midnight snack. Of course, right? Yeah, you're on a cruise. That's what you do. (laughs) So we go up to the Lido deck. We're eating pizza. And I tell her, I'm like, okay, so I had this epiphany tonight. (laughs) She's like, oh, okay, what? You know, like, oh, okay. And I was like, so I was sitting there and I explained it all. And I was like, and I'm big. And we laughed so hard because we're eating pizza. Yes. Talking about this. After like, you've had dinner, like yes. all the things. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I don't know why, but in that moment, I felt big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, like, it was just like, oh, yeah, this isn't normal. Right. But like daily life, I do feel like that. But like it was that moment. When you're in your element, you have your house, your toilet, you're all the things, your shower, you know, all of that. It's like, okay, I'm used to it. I can do it. But when you step outside of that and go, to like a hotel, a cruise, somebody else's house. And you're like, I mean, I always break toilet seats. (laughs) Always. And it does. It hits you. You're like, wow, life is harder outside of my bubble because of my size. Yes. Well... 
one more thing about shitting. <laughs> oh my God, this whole thing has been about shitting. It has been. So one night, you know how my belly is not on a schedule, okay? Well, and everyone else's can, they don't have to sit and shit. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, but I do. Like I either have to go or I don't. <laughs> but I have to do it. And of course, everyone, my sister and Tiffany went and then we go to dinner. And I'm like, oh, I haven't like pooped all day. Okay. I know this is a lot of poop talk, but. uh Meanwhile, this is somebody's first time to ever listen to us. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is shitty. <laughs> So anyway, but we go to dinner and I was like, I don't know my stomach. Like I feel like I need to, but it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. But you know, like when I need to, I need to. Mm -hmm. So, or I'll get sick after. My stomach is very fickle. Well, we're sitting there and we almost make it. And I'm like, oh, nope, I got to go. And I was like, I'm going to go back to the room. Because again, Mm -hmm. tiny stalls, at least in the room, like it was a bigger area, you know, (laughs) I went, but we had needed towels because they didn't give us the right amount of towels that day. And so like my sister had been saying like, hey, we need to remind our room steward, Yuli, shout out to him uh, to give us some towels. So I am on a mission to go use the bathroom. And so I'm going, I'm walking. Well, Yuli and a lady out there and I was like, they're like, hey. And I was like, hey, you know, trying to be nice, but like also I got to go somewhere, you know? And Yuli was saying something. I was like, oh, uh, we need more towels when you get a chance. Cause I was trying to be like proactive, Mm -hmm. you know? But I mean, I was like scooting, you know, like saying it, but like, okay, gotta go. Well, then I didn't think about Yuli being on top of everything. And he was like, oh, okay, I'll give them to you in just a second, you know, like in his mind. So I'm sitting there and I was like, oh God, he might come in here. Like, oh my God. So I had to lock the door, right? Yeah. And I heard him knock, but I was like, what do I say? Like, cause like, he knocked on the door, yeah. like not the bathroom door. And I was like, not gonna say anything just over here sitting and shitting. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so I get finished. I'm in the room. I'm waiting on them to come down. Cause we're going to change and then go to the show. They see Yuli out in the hall and he was like, Hey, Hey, Hey. Oh, I put the towels in the room. He was like, uh, I think Donna was in the restroom. Like a question mark, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh my God, how embarrassing. You know what I mean? Oh like, my, you didn't hear him come in? He knocked, but he was very sneaky, sneaky, okay? But then, like, we're cracking up at him, like, being like, and Donna was in the restroom? Of like, course he knows your fucking name, but, too. <laughs> but of course, like, he was, like, trying not to be like, she was shitting. Yeah. But, like, where else would I be? Like, I was not in the room, yeah. you know? So we, again, like, laugh at that. We change. We're going out of the room, and we run into to him and he's like hey hey and he's like donna were you in the restroom <laughs> and i was like yeah yuli it was after dinner sorry god oh my god <laughs> but like why do you have to double check with me i was gonna say why did he ask you <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you why did you not answer him and say oh hark the herald hold on a minute i don't know i I told you I faint goat. Like, oh my god, he was probably like, uh, <laughs> no. Why did she not say anything? <laughs> He's probably like that bitch just disappeared. Where'd she go? Oh, uh, that smeller. <laughs> I know, but 
then like, why did he have to double check? Donna, were you in the restroom? No, I was on the bed. He didn't see me sprawled out. Oh, God. You know he would have. You had an epiphany. <laughs> I know. But I was like, Yuli, it was after dinner. Gah. He oh, was like, my God. Like, laughed. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, oh, my God. We cracked up all the time. So, like, anytime any of us would, like, do something. Were you in the restroom? Oh, my God. Okay. So, this isn't shitting, but it was shitty. So, we love going to karaoke on the boat. And normally, it's a mix of good and bad, you know? Well, this one time that we went, it was all bad. Mm. Like, really bad. And uh, Susan one time was like, am I being punked? <laughs> She was like, normally, you know, like people go up there and they can carry a tune. This one guy tried to do Margaritaville. I can't even say how he was saying Margaritaville, but he ended up just stopping. Cause And like, she tried to keep him on beat. It's Margaritaville. Yeah. But she tried to keep it and he was like, uh, and just walked off. And then he, of course, wanted to do something again. Like, are you kidding me? Another person messed up my song, Seven Spanish Angels. One, why are you going to do that in karaoke? Why is that a karaoke song? Right? So I was like, oh, this is my jam. Couldn't get the beat. And he just stopped. I was like, he ruined my song, you know? So again, we were just like all cracking up because it's like, where are the good ones at? Like, where are the good songs at? Yeah. And then there's this guy and he goes up and I turned to Tiffany and I said, is his name? Just call me Cat." And she looks at me like four eyes, like I'm an alien. And she said, it's Scott. Oh my God. Well, I forgot that I had taken two gummies. Donna. <laughs> I was fucking out of my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> but I really thought his name was just call me Cat. You took two gummies? <laughs> Oh, God. And we laughed so because Tiffany was like trying to wreck her brain up. There is a TV show called Call Me Cat. <laughs> so that's what I was like. Did he say that for his name? Like, I was just so confused, like genuinely confused. And so was Tiffany when I asked her if a guy had just called me cat. So loved our casino waiter. And he was a bartender, too. His name was Christian. Shout out, Christian. We're all Facebook friends now. Oh, my God. Color me surprised. <laughs> Something else I can color you surprised I cried saying goodbye to our oh my God. dinner staff. Doesn't surprise me even <laughs> in the slightest. Shout out Edgar, Eunice, and Raul. And they probably all called you by name. Of course. They called us all by name. But yes, <laughs> Edgar, I freaking loved him. And Eunice was so nice and so sweet. And they did like the whole goodbye song. And I've heard it before, but it's like uh the I'm leaving on a jet plane, but it's their song to it or whatever. And oh my gosh, Eunice was on the stairs right next to us and she looked back and waved when she was saying it. I was like, okay. I like, I tried not to cry, but I was like teary eyed when we were saying goodbye. And then one final thing to not end on just me, but my sister, Susan, she... We had a porthole or whatever in our room. And one time it was early in the morning and we were doing our first port day. Well, she had like opened up the curtains and was like, I see land, you know? And a minute later, I look over there and she is sitting like elf on the shelf, like on the little like ledge of it. And just how she is, I was like, what in the elf in the shelf are you doing? Because <laughs> she was just perched there. And you know, like those memes of the people who were sitting like on the shelf or like on the door frame and all of that but it looked just like it and I will post a picture she recreated it because she was like in her nightgown when she did this but she recreated it for me and I'll post a picture in the Facebook group because it cracked me up and like tell me she does not look like elf on the shelf but enough about me because I was like an hour long what about you Carrie 
So you know how at work we always have students and stuff that are, of course, younger than me because they're in college. Well, do you remember that show, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Oh, are you talking about the thing? Of course you fucking know this. (laughs) Okay, in my defense, I heard it on TikTok. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So apparently on November 16th was like young, young millennials or slash Gen Z people who were young enough to have really watched Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. It was a little young for us. Yeah. But, or I guess we said we were a little old for it. But anyway, on the show, they are like going to this uh, Italian restaurant and they're like, we have a table for you on like Tuesday. And one of the twins is like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And they're like, November 16th, 2023. And they're like, what? That's in 15 years. So a Apparently, all the people like of that age that watched it were like, we have to go eat Italian tonight because of this. Oh, God. Yes. I fucking love that. And I love when shows do that because really, if you were that age at that time, you would have been like, that's going to be when I'm like 80 Mm because it seems so far away. And then it's here. Yes. So I thought it was so cute. One of our students like really went and ate Olive Garden (laughs) that night. That's cute. The only other thing I have to talk about, which is not really anything important, but so I'm obsessed with like Santa like older kind of figurine type things that I like to just have dispersed randomly throughout the house uh, on Christmas. So there's like an antique store that's open once a month in our area. It's called Simply Vintage and they always have them for like $10. You know? So Colby was like, do you want to go to Simply Vintage this past weekend? And I was like, well, of course I do. Let's go look for some Santas. So, because it's like a big building with like pods basically of different vendors and some vendors are like more organized but they're still very small and then some are very disheveled (laughs) you know where this is going so colby goes to show me something and he's like look what this says and i lean to read it oh my god of course (laughs) a whole display of thank god metal thermoses fall and crash oh my god God. well because some of that stuff is expensive very expensive and very breakable yes (laughs) i was so embarrassed i cried (laughs) I was like picking it up and uh, one of the employees came in and I was like, it's okay, nothing broke. She was like, no, it's fine. I just wanted to see if you needed help. Pick it up. I thought you said one of the police, but you said employees, <laughs> employees. but I was like, it felt like the police because <laughs> I was mortified. <laughs> It, I'm talking like picture like an old school like thermosy type set that you would use going camping. Yeah. It's very clingy and it crashed on the concrete floor <laughs> and it was loud. What is this display made of? Wood? Yeah, literally. It was like wood crates stacked with each other and I leaned on it and it toppled. Yeah, you trust things a little too much. I haven't had my big epiphany yet. <laughs> That was your big epiphany. <laughs> Me and you were having it at the same time. We just didn't know it. <laughs> well, after that, we went to like a more like upscale. It's a place called Accents here. And it's like, I mean, people do their registry for their like wedding registry for uh-huh, their like expensive. China and shit there. And they were having their big Christmas sale, which we of course bought nothing because it's way out of our price range. But like really, I saw a um a gingerbread house and I was like, oh my god, this would go perfect with my village because I have like a little gingerbread scene with my Christmas village. And it was like well over a hundred dollars. And I was like, oh okay, yeah, can't can't get that. Oh shit, no. Needless to say, I knew that place was really cramped, so I left my purse in the car. Oh, I was like, <laughs> and tuck your hand like how the genie's like hands and arms inside. And you know, I'm like, of course, touch nothing. <laughs> 
think did Aladdin. <laughs> I was like, touch absolutely nothing. That night when we were on our way home, Colby was like, I really had a good day with you today. I really enjoyed picking up all the displays you knocked over. <laughs> I was like, oh, you bastard. Y'all, before we get into this episode, we got to talk about Lumi. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Lumi saved my cruise and all the other passengers on the cruise ship because we went to some tropical places and your girl was sweating. But you know what? I smelled like toasted coconut, not body odor. Well, thankfully for them, you were wearing your Lumi deodorant and I bet you weren't just using it on your pits, right? No, I was using it on my whole body because it is made for your whole body. It is really D.O. for your bio. Lumi is clinically proven to control odor everywhere for up to 72 hours. And like we just said, you can use it literally everywhere. Your pits, your folds, your cracks, your feet, and even your undercarriage. It's pH balanced for those below the belt areas, y'all. And don't worry about it. If you don't like toasted coconut like Donna, there are a ton of scents that you can use and even non-scented just to find one that perfectly fits your personal preference. Right. And here's the thing. Lumi is more like a pre-odorant because it's formulated to stop odor before it even starts. And it's baking soda free and paraben free. And it's great for sensitive skin too, because you know, some of us are more sensitive in our feelings and our skin, aka my co-host. But for real, I just used the Lumi wipes this past week. We were doing a Patreon live and um, I had just done the dishes and I was like, my hand smells like a sponge. <laughs> and so I had the wipes in my desk drawer and I just pulled that thing out, rubbed my hands down and And it made me smell like a little cucumber. And it helped me feel better throughout the lab because I wasn't focusing on my hands smell like a damn sponge. We seriously swear by Lumi and it has helped us out so much traveling to places hot as Satan's butt crack like we've been doing. And I had Lumi before we even got Lumi as an advertiser for the podcast. I had been buying it. And the first time that I ever used it, I got the unscented because y'all know sometimes I'm nervous about scents with my migraines, but now I got all the flavors. And for limited time, you can get $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Go to lumideodorant.com and enter code Creep. That's basically 40% off your starter pack. And the starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and then two free products of your choice, like the wipes Carrie mentioned before. Go to lumideodorant.com and enter code CREEP for $5 off your Lumi starter pack. You won't regret it, and neither will those who are close to you because no one likes smelling BO. Y'all, apostrophe is back. And y'all, seasons are a-changing, and that means colder weather and drier skin. And my skin is not a fan of the cold. I mean, me either, but like my skin lets me know it. I love the cold air, but my skin does not. So whether you're dealing with dry skin, acne, fine lines, and wrinkles, Apostrophe is here to connect you with an expert dermatology team. They'll provide a customized treatment plan for your unique skin. And holiday season is around the corner, and I know lots of people are going to go see family for the first time in a while and you know we know you want to put your best foot or face forward and apostrophe is definitely here to help through apostrophe you get access to both oral and topical medications all you do is fill out an online consultation with all of your skin goals and medical history you snap a few selfies which if you saw the selfies that donna and i use on ours you would be like oh okay i'm cool with doing the selfies a dermatology provider will create a treatment plan customized for your skin needs and goals 
goals. And if you're like me, your skin fits into several different categories. What I'm talking about is, you know, it's dry, I have fine lines, hyperpigmentation, really, you name it, I got it. But that's what's great about apostrophe because when I take the quiz and talk about all the things I wanted treated with my skin, the dermatology team will take that information and those pictures and provide me with a treatment plan. Signing up is super simple and you don't have to do an in-person appointment or drive to the pharmacy to pick anything up. Your products get shipped directly to your door. You don't even have to get out of your PJs. And you know that's going to save you time and money. We don't want you to miss out on this awesome offer. Get your first visit for only $5 when you go to apostrophe.com slash creep and use our promo code creep. That is a savings of $15. And I can get some really good iced coffee with that money I'm saving there. So again, go to apostrophe.com slash creep and enter code creep to get your first visit for only $5. So guess what just happened, guys? Little behind the fourth wall action here. I just started my story and Donna goes, have I heard this story before? And I go, no. It was on a show called Evil Twins. Like what? Why would you have heard this story before? No, I said, did I do this story? And you said no. And then I was like, I must have heard this story because their name sounds really familiar. Well, she did. She did it in 2019. (laughs) They were called the Silent Sisters, June and Jennifer Gibbons. So if you want to listen to that episode, go back a few. Y'all, I've been working on that story for a goddamn week. I was so excited about that story. I was like, this story going to be good. It was in 2019. So, change of plans. Y'all remember how Donna and I went to the local library a couple weeks ago and did a local Mississippi story? Well, not really local, but a Mississippi story. Y'all are going to hear that today. (laughs) Which it's a really good story. It is a really good story. I don't know how many people that went to the library listen, but uh, sorry you have to hear it twice. Okay, this story is about Chandra May. Chandra grew up in a small area, kind of like a a community known as Pea Ridge. She had a dad, Richard, who worked on the river as a riverboat pilot, which is like a really big deal, by the way. Like if you are a riverboat pilot, think like a very stressful job on the Mississippi River. Well, okay. When we did this, I was like, did you say pilot? Yes. And riverboat, remember? Because I was like, that doesn't compute to me. But when we were on the cruise, there was a little ship coming in. I was like, oh, look at that little ship. And Susan was freaking out. And she was like, that's the pilot's boat. And so he comes and he like directs us. Yes. Yeah. So they come, like they climb on your boat, like or your ship while you're in route, like you're Mm -hmm. moving and they jump on your moving vessel, get on it and like, take over become temporary captain of that ship and drive you through like very narrow passages or whatever and then get back off and let you go on your merry way yeah like it's a very serious deal yeah and i was like holy shit that doesn't not make sense to me anymore because Carrie did this story. Well, anytime you have someone that like works on the Mississippi River like that, that works on a tugboat or their riverboat captain or anything like that, they spend a lot of time away from home. Like it's think like offshore type work. So they do different hitches. So it could be like a 28 day hitch where they're gone for 28 days. And then sometimes they're home for 28 days. Sometimes they're gone for 28 days, home for like two weeks. It just depends. Sometimes it's two weeks on, two weeks off. It just depends on their company and what their hitches are. But even though Richard was gone for longer periods of time because of his job, they were still a very close-knit family. It was Chandra, 
her dad Richard, her mom Janelle, and her brother. Chandra went to a private school called Leak Academy. Now the school was about 14-15 miles away from her house and then she had her little job that was kind of in the other direction I guess. I picture like a triangle of how she had to drive from like school to home to work. Now when this story takes place, Chandra is a senior in high school and it is 1986. On February 4th of 1986, Chandra is just a couple of months away from graduating high school. And when she gets out of school, she goes to her job at McDonald's around 6 p.m. When she gets there, she clocks in. She's starting to work. But it's Tuesday and it's slow because it's like really rainy outside and just cold and just people just aren't really out. So because the work was so slow, her boss said, hey, I got to send you home. We don't have enough business to keep you on the clock. So she clocks out at 724, but decides that, I'm just going to hang around and see if maybe we'll get busy enough. Maybe hit, uh, I don't know, later dinner traffic and maybe it'll pick back up and I can clock back in. Chandra hangs out for about another 20 minutes when she's finally like, okay, forget this. I'm going to leave. Which cracks me up. It's like, I'm going to wait. No, I'm going to go. Yeah, she's like, "Ah, I got things to do, you know, people to see, yada, yada. I'm getting out of here. So at 740, she calls her mom to tell her mom that she's leaving work and that she'll be home soon. On her way home, she stops at this local TGNY store and picks up a big old Valentine's Day card for her boyfriend. Okay, so at the library, I'm like, hey, my mom used to work at one of those places. Well, you know how Facebook always listens to you? Mm -hmm. I was telling Susan on the cruise that I was like, didn't mama work at blah, 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 blah. And she was like, yeah, the five and dime store. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, just like, I don't know, a few hours later, she was scrolling through Facebook and it had like, you lived in Mobile, you remember, and like had the picture of that store. What? Yes. And I was like, that's so crazy. Cause that's just like such a recovered memory for me when you said that. Cause I remember looking at that picture and being like, God, that looks just so familiar. That name is so familiar because I'm a big girl. If you didn't hear the whole part about my epiphany, but I always thought my mom worked at TCBY, which is a yogurt shop. Tell me why I always call it TCBNY. Oh, is it? No, I think you're right. I don't know. But wait, why do I add an and? I don't know. But anyway, that was just a little tidbit that Patty Joe, that was her job. So if you have no idea what a five and dime store is, it's like an older saying for stores that had like personal goods and stuff like that that were usually about like five cents a dime, blah, blah, blah. Think like old school dollar store. So like I said, she stops at TGNY and picks up this Valentine's Day card. Like picture the huge Valentine's Day cards that are like two feet big. It was that kind of Valentine's Day card. So like I said, the card was for her boyfriend, Tony Adams. He was a year older than her and I don't think they had been dating very long. But back at home, Janelle's like, okay, where's Chandra? Like she should be home by now and she's not. Even with her stopping at the five and dime, she should be home by now. Now, the family lives all very close to each other. I picture like, especially down here in the South, you'll have this big plot of land that some grandparents or great grandparents owned. And then as the kids get older, they'll like buy parcels of land from the or be given the land from the grandparents. And so a lot of times you'll have families that live, you know, maybe on 40 acres and each one has five acres, but they're all kind of right there together that will share like a driveway or may or may not share like a, you know, dirt road into the land. It's like a compound, but not a compound. It's a compound without being a cult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when Chandra hadn't gotten home, Janelle was like, okay, like I'm really starting to get worried about her. Again, it's 
nighttime. It's rainy. Where's she at? So Janelle actually calls Richard and is like, hey, she's not home yet. What should I do? And Richard says, well, call the uncle that literally lives up the road so that y'all can kind of backtrack Chandra's path and make sure she didn't have car trouble. Because again, remember, this is 1986. Chandra didn't just have a cell phone where she could do boop, boop, boop her mom. So Janelle's like, good idea, Richard. And basically, as soon as she walks out of the door, she sees Chandra's car. Chandra's car is about a hundred yards away from her house. So they check out the car and Chandra's not there. But what was there was all of Chandra's belongings. Like her purse was there and the car door was ajar, but there was, again, no Chandra. And no card. Right. The receipt for the Valentine's Day card was in the car, but the actual Valentine's Day card was not. Now, the family, of course, as we would do, if, you know, if Donna was missing, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, let me call the police. Like, I would be like, what what happened to her? You know? So the family, not knowing any better, actually moved the car from where the mom found it. Now, I even saw one thing where they literally used the car to help search for Chandra. So not only was this car moved without it being, you know, dusted for fingerprints or been able to look for tire tracks or anything like that, because remember, it's raining. So you might have been able to see tire tracks or footprints or anything like that. No, the family traipsed all around there and moved the car and drove the car. It's so hard because, again, it was 1986. And I don't think they were really thinking someone took her or she she's hurt because there was no sign of anything in the car like that. And so I think that's why they were okay. Like, oh, let's just move this. Let's use a car. Like Mm -hmm. she might've had more gas or something. Who knows? But I think nowadays you would know, like, I just wouldn't leave my car. But 86 is a whole different thing. I always say that about these stories is you really have to look at it from the lens of the time in which they occurred. Like you cannot look at the story with 2023 eyes. You have to look at this story with 1986 eyes because it was so very different. But eventually law enforcement did get involved. The problem is, is that there was literally nothing to go on. The car had no signs of forced entry. There was nothing to indicate any type of struggle. And of course the family had moved the car. So how did Chandra get within eyesight of her house and then just disappear? The family puts up posters, you know, asking for tips and literally any information that would help them find Chandra. Unfortunately, the family went a really long time before they had any type of information as to what happened to Chandra. It was 22 days before they found out anything. On February 26th of 1986, on Chandra's 18th birthday, an off-duty fireman was out in the woods. Some stuff said he was hunting. Some things said he was digging for worms to go fishing with later. But either way, he noticed something floating in the water. It was a plastic garbage bag. So he calls police who then come and inside the bag, they find Chandra's remains. And these remains are found really far from her house, like 80 miles from her house. Now, just like with the beginning of this investigation where things were not done properly with the car, there are a lot of issues with this investigation as a whole. There weren't things in place to safeguard the crime scene at at the creek where Chandra's body was found. Some stuff said that the bag that contained her remains was like opened at this crime scene 
instead of being taken to the medical examiner's office. So, you know, it could be have been contaminated or you could have lost some evidence. But I also feel like, wouldn't they have just opened it still, though, to see what it was? But I guess there's a difference between let me cut this open and see what it is versus let me open this whole thing, you know? Yeah. Because after that many days, you wouldn't be able to just open it and identify the remains. Right. You would have had to have taken it somewhere. Yeah. Now, Chandra's body had been severely beaten. She had been found bound and gagged, but the tape that was used was packing tape that was really common in processing facilities for poultry, which is very common in the area. So that led nowhere. Like, this is not an episode of Sherlock Holmes where they're like, oh, this was like the most common packaging tape. The family wasn't happy with the first autopsy because there really were no conclusive results at all. And so a second autopsy was actually ordered. From that autopsy, they found that the cause of death was strangulation. Chandra had also been sexually assaulted. But the hard part with this was determining when she actually died because she had been in the creek. And so they were like, okay, she may have been in the water for like three to five days, but what happened to the other, you know, 17 to 19 days? They think that she may have actually lived for that long. But what made it hard to determine the time of death was because there had been some sort of refrigeration used on her body. So they weren't able to really tell how long she lived versus how long she was at some form of refrigeration versus being dumped in the creek. And just knowing that there's any point in time where Chandra was kept alive, I mean, just to even think about what she was put through is just absolutely brutal. Not that there's any peace in this story at all, but I am thankful that her parents were not left wondering what happened to her. Like, is she alive or is she not? At least they got a small piece of information and they're not left wondering at this point. I know. I think we've talked about it before. Like, if someone was missing, want their body found or would you not want their body found and you just think they're missing? And I would want their body found. Absolutely. I think we always like joke about how much you need closure. Like, you know, yeah. Posted and you're like, oh my God, I need closure. That is not closure, but it's a end to a chapter. Yeah. It's not the end of the story, but at least have some information that you can, you can rest at night knowing where they are. Yeah. And not wondering, because you're still wondering, you know, while you're going through the process of everything, what happened? Who did this? But you at least know, is somebody out there hurting them? Like right now, you know, when we talk about these cases of people who have been kept captive for decades. And so it's like, are they one of them? Are they somebody that we're going to find out in 10, 15 years that I should have been looking harder this whole time? because that you internalize that there's no you know not to say that you know what I mean but you feel like I should have done more I should have done this because you didn't know yeah and again we have no idea we haven't been in that situation but I feel like it's a different type of worry you know like because like you said at least you're questioning everything why this happened you know who did it all of that but at least you're not questioning about the mortality of it the unknown yes because I feel like like I said I would just be constantly wondering are they out there somewhere waiting on me to find them and save them as this case is continuing there are leads that are coming in but they're all just fizzling out we know 
know, the first thing police do is they're going to look at the family. They're going to look at the men in Chandra's life because of her sexual assault. So they look at her father. But I mean, he was on the boat. He did not do this. The police looked at her boyfriend because, you know, the card was missing, all of that. But he was able to be cleared as well. A lot of people in the area thought that a police officer or even someone pretending to be a police officer was the one who killed Chandra because why would she have pulled over where she was pulled over just a hundred yards from her house? Like what possibly could have made her stop the car there for somebody other than a police officer? A lot of law enforcement took polygraphs hoping that it would expose someone who maybe refused or maybe even someone actually failing a polygraph, but that yielded nothing either. Flash forward to August of 1992. There's a guy named Richard Weeks. Now, he's in jail in Missouri, and police bring him back to Mississippi to question him about Chandra's murder because there was some time that Richard Weeks actually spent in the county jail around the time that Chandra was murdered. Police interrogated him and nothing came from it. Then March 2nd of 1993, there was a story in Tuscaloosa News, which is a city in Alabama. They ran a story talking about a guy named Kenneth McLean. Now, Kenneth McLean was a shitty human. He was charged in February of 1993 with the murder of Lori Hill. Now, Lori lived in Ellisville, Mississippi, which is like literally 20 minutes down the road from us. When she was murdered, she was only 18 years old and pregnant. Now, the thing with Kenneth McLean was that he liked to impersonate a police officer. A lot like people thought happened in Chandra's case. Well, Lori was only 18 and just like Chandra, who was 17, just about to turn 18. Lori was strangled and her body was dumped as well. The Tuscaloosa police had brought Kenneth McLean in to question him about the murder of Shanda Feller. Now, Shanda was 24 years old and lived in Brandon, Mississippi. Which is like an hour and a half, two hours from us. Yeah, like more North Mississippi. So what would have been closer to Tuscaloosa? Everybody's like, I don't care about the geography lesson. But here's the thing. Chandra and Shanda had very similar stories. So Shanda was at this like community swimming place. And that was the last place she was seen alive. Her car was still in the parking lot and police found her car much like Chandra's with the car door ajar, the light on, her purse is in the car, her wallet's sitting there open, and all this happened in June of 87. So like a year after Chandra. Her body was found just four days later, but it was also found in a river. So both of them had been dumped in water. For her, a concrete block had been used to weigh her down, but it wasn't enough. Her wrists and ankles were also bound, but by wire, and Unfortunately, this is terrible, but her cause of death was drowning. Now, but for both of these cases, there was a lot of evidence that was just mishandled. So now, Kenneth McLean was questioned in Shanda's case, but he was never charged. As of today, Chandra May's case still remains unsolved as does Shanda's. But what makes Chandra's case so difficult is that there was literally no evidence for police to go on. Well, 
Maybe. Because, again, a lot of people really feel like this case was really botched. But, again, there was no signs of struggle. The car was moved. But there were things like her car was never dusted for prints. And the area was never tested for footprints or tire marks. But it was trampled, too. So, it's like some of it you can understand why maybe they didn't look for the footprints and tire marks. But the car was also never dusted for prints. Some people feel like because Chandra's driver's license was the only thing missing from the car other than the card, people feel like that maybe it was a police officer because she, how she was pulled over essentially on family land. I mean, not, not really, but essentially. And so why was her driver's license out? Like, oh, I'm getting pulled over. Let me pull my driver's license out. And the police officer takes it and keeps it and then attacks her. But some people are like, she could have used it to maybe write a check or something for the card or, you know, people wrote checks back then. And I mean, I still do, but did she use it because they would like write your driver's license number and all of that down on your check so that they had ways of getting it, your information in case you bounce the check or whatever. So did she maybe misplace it? Did it fall out of her pocket? Whatever. But part of me, I was thinking a driver's license just feels like such a trophy a serial killer would use. So if it really was Kenneth McLean, did he take the driver's license as a trophy? Unfortunately, Chandra's mom died without ever knowing what happened to her. And 37 years later, we're still trying to find that out. That's just so sad because like you said, there was nothing to go off of. There's nothing that, oh, we can test this now that we have the technology or any of that. I just her poor freaking family. Like, it just breaks my heart. And the town was pretty rocked by this. There was actually a listener that drove two hours to see us at this library. And I said library, super country. But you get the point. And she was actually from this area and had a lot of personal connections with the case. And chime in here, Donna, but she was talking about how a lot of people local to the community do not think it was a serial killer, do not think it was Kenneth McLean. They think it was someone or a group of someone's in law enforcement. Yeah. And I really think it was pinpointing to one person because the listener who came, she said that her mom knew that guy and was kind of like creeped out by him. Yes. And felt kind of threatened because I think he had asked her out and was like, why don't you want to go out with me? Right. You know, all of that. And so if you think about Chandra's case, why was the card missing? Right. It That makes perfect sense. If it was a police officer who pulled her over and then was like, asked her out. She's like, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend. And he's like, oh, is that who this card is for? And like rips it up or does whatever just to be taunting to her. And also, I feel like it could have been something much like her license that they kept if they were, you know, obsessed with her or, you know, if it was a stalker. Now, at the library, I said, look, I know a lot of people who work at McDonald's because y'all know I go there on the daily. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I know these people's lives as much as they tell me, you know, and I have this relationship with them. So I feel like it could have been someone who was a regular there and maybe saw her leave and maybe had hit on her because, you know, some people don't know boundaries and, you know, people get that false sense and not even false sense. They interpret that, oh, she's flirting with me because she's being nice to me or, you know, whatever. And... 
I think maybe like they could have followed her to the store, saw her get the card and got jealous. Absolutely. I don't know. And so it's so interesting too that we're talking about this because I right before we did this episode, I went and got my waxing and Brandy, the girl that does my waxing, we were literally just talking about this. I cannot remember what got us on it, but we were talking about how difficult it is being a server and she was a server for a long time, like while she's in college and all. And I was saying one of Colby's nieces used to be a server at Waffle House and like sometimes those men would come in like give her iPads and all of this and she's like, oh, that's totally true. She said when she was a server one time, it was a place, I don't even know what kind of restaurant it was, but you know, they had regulars too that would just come in, drink coffee, all the things. And she said she had this one older guy that would come in and like slide his hand around her waist and then use his other hand and put an envelope of stuff in her apron. Oh my gosh. And she was like, of course, I mean, she's our age, you know, right around 40. And so this was, you know, 20 years ago. So again, very different times. And she was like, there was nothing I could do about it. But she said one time, I hope she didn't mind me telling this story, but one time she was at the restaurant on her day off, like she and some friends had gone to eat there and that guy was there and she had a person of color with her and he made some, like pulled her to the side and made some inappropriate comments about that. And she's like, okay, what we're not going to do is that, you know, we're, you know, that's not happening. And he was so pissed and was like, basically was like, she made him uncomfortable now and that he was going to basically do whatever means to make himself feel more comfortable and was like, said he had like a gun in his car and all this stuff and that he's now uncomfortable with her and I'm like okay sir you're the one who makes everybody uncomfortable but now you're being threatening and it's like yes these people who come to these restaurants and are regulars feel like they're a part of those servers lives and that they have all like these truly meaningful connections but it's just a business relationship it's just a transactional relationship y'all aren't best friends or they don't love you you may have feelings for them but they don't reciprocate it and then so did that happen did she have a regular that came through or whatever and thought they had some sort of relationship or maybe they just it was a police officer that made people uncomfortable and he made a move and she turned him down and he forced himself on her. Yeah, and that's what makes me so mad is that we'll never know. The listener that was there said there was a, a handful of the officers that were really corrupt around the time and that um they really, like you said, they kind of pinpointed one, but they felt like there was a little bit of a cover-up with some of the other officers, but that none of them work in law enforcement anymore. Again, it just goes back to the family for me. I just feel so sorry for them that they don't have answers. And there are so many stories just like her that there are no answers, but I don't know there's just so many connections between her and Chandra's case too. So I'm like, but is it that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and who knows? Like, cause shit happens where it's like, he could have been in the area somewhere and that's his type. And he tried the same thing and did the same thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's so hard to say like, I, I don't know. It's just so hard. Why is crime so hard? Also, it just goes back to it being 86. And even if it was a regular that maybe he didn't make her feel weird or anything and that's why she stopped right and she was like oh my god hey yeah what's going on you know or whatever yeah oh uh bob is flagging me down i wonder if he's okay yeah and so it doesn't even have to be a law officer or anything <laughs> a, a law, law officer, officer. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, my brain, y'all. But you know what I mean? So it, it's just so hard. According to this listener, the locals really believe it was this person in law enforcement. And I think they have since passed or so, somebody within that connection has passed away. So it's like, now we really never will know. Yeah, that's what sucks. Because like with time, people pass away. But also sometimes that's an, a good thing because some people pass away and then others feel it's okay to come forward right. with more information, just not in this case. Right. Or you get a deathbed confession or something like yeah. that. Well, before we get into Donna's story, we got to talk about Miracle Made. And y'all know I am a furnace. I sleep hot. And now that winter is here, I always struggle to find the right temperature when I sleep. But thankfully, I don't have to worry about that now because I have the best sheets by Miracle Made. Sleeping hot is a thing of the past. These were inspired by NASA and they use silver infused fabrics and temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature for you all night long. Okay, but here's something kind of gross, but I gotta tell you. Y'all know traditional bed sheets, they can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat. A toilet seat, y'all. Would you put your head on that dang toilet seat? Are you giving yourself a swirly at night? No, I don't think so. So why would you put your head on your pillowcase with the same amount of bacteria? So you gotta check out Miracle Made Sheets because they have a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding. And look, they prevent up to 99% of bacteria, but for my peeps out there like me, they also require three times less laundry. What's better than cleaner, more luxurious feeling bedding that requires less laundry? Nothing. Nada. Zilch. And that makes Miracle Made Sheets the perfect gift for your loved ones in this holiday season. And y'all, I'm telling you, these sheets are so freaking luxurious. The first night I had them on the bed, Colby goes, are these those new sheets? And I was like, yes. He goes, oh my God, they feel great because they are so comfortable. It's cool enough, but it's not that cold that like, then you're cold, you know? It's just like, it really does help regulate your temperature. They are just so crisp, but like not in the hard crisp. They're crisp and luxurious and I freaking love them. And for you, it regulates you and Colby's body temperature, you know? And so that's huge because not a lot of people who sleep together, you know, run the same temperature. Right. It's always the person who's cold and the person that's hot fall in love and marry each other and can't settle on a temperature. So go to trymiracle.com slash creep to try them out today and you'll save over 40%. And if you use the promo code creep at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20 Did you hear all that? And y'all know how much I love sleep. And I'm telling you, nothing is better than when I'm snoozing in my miracle-made bedding. Go to trymiracle.com slash creep. That's trymiracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com to save over 40%. And don't forget, if you use promo code creep at checkout, you're going to get three free towels and save an extra 20%. And here's the kicker. Miracle Made is so confident that you'll love them as much as we do. They're backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, go to trymiracle.com slash creep to try them today and you'll save over 40%. And if you use the promo code creep at checkout, you're going to get the three towels and an extra 20%. Y'all beam is back. And have I mentioned how much I don't want people messing with my sleep once, twice, a lot? Well, that's how serious I am about it. And with beams dream powder, I get good restful sleep and it is so yummy. It isn't like just taking a pill. This is a treat. Yes, it is super yummy and it really does get you that restful sleep that you need because you know what? Sleeping less than six to seven hours can really do a number on your body. It's linked to reduced white 
white blood cell count. And yes, I know that sounds all vague and all that, but white blood cells are what protects our body from illness and disease. And you know, Carrie and I need all the help we can get. Especially if it is easy as drinking a glass of hot cocoa before we go to bed. But even more than the white blood cell count thing, poor sleep can impact your weight, mental health, and your overall productivity. And we know I need all the help I can get in the mental health arena and being productive. Same, because I don't need a reason to procrastinate more than I already do. And if adding a cup of Beam's dream powder to my night routine helps my overall mental health because I'm actually getting good sleep, I'm gonna drink it every night. And today, y'all can get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder. You get to try their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no sugar added. Also, it's now available in some seasonal yummy flavors. You got the cinnamon, cacao, sea salt caramel, white chocolate, peppermint... Y'all, Better Sleep has never tasted better. And all you have to do is mix Beam's Dream Powder into a glass of hot water or milk and enjoy. Simple as that. Beam's Dream Powder is seriously so yummy. It's got rich flavor that is the perfect nightcap. It knocks me out, keeps me asleep, but I wake up feeling refreshed and not hungover. I told y'all about the first time I ever used this. You could have done surgery on me. I was out. And I am so looking forward to drinking that stuff tonight and just snoozing away the whole night. If you want to be like Carrie and take advantage of Beam's biggest sale of the year, you know, get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash creep. The discount is automatically applied, so no code needed. That's shopbeam, B-E-A-M dot com slash creep for up to 50% off. If you have a Carrie in your life who is a fiend for sleep, this is the perfect gift for them. So again, go to shopbeam.com slash creep. And the discount is, again, automatically applied. No code needed. All right, so since Carrie did a shipwreck, you know, last week before my cruise, I figured I should follow up and talk about a ship too, because that was my whole idea. But you know, like not talking about it before I go on a ship. I'm sorry. Let me just say, Carrie has not thought about her story correctly two weeks in a row. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to talk about the RMS Queen Mary, which is supposedly one of the most haunted ships in the world, especially the United States. And just because we're learning the acronyms, RMS stands for Royal Mail Ship. So it was named after King George V's wife. God, I don't know why that's so hard for me. But rumor has it that he was like, hey, yo, look, I want to surprise my wife and she would just love this really grand ship to be named after her. So like, I know you wanted to name it Victoria, but like, will you change it? And you know, it's a king asking. So of course you do. Some people say that didn't happen, but other people say, yes, it did. The ship was built to be used as an express travel going from England to France and then to New York. So you know, just here in those three ports, this was going to be all she-she and for the fancy pants peeps. Her maiden voyage was on May 27th, 1936. Now, this ship was a marvel to everyone. Super stunning and basically set the bar for luxury travel at that time. The ship boasted two indoor swimming pools, five dining rooms, a beauty salon, libraries, uh, outdoor, they said paddle tennis courts. I'm like, 
what's the difference, but okay. So like ping pong? No, I really think they mean like just tennis courts. But also, you know, back in the day on Ever After, they had tennis, but it was like, it looked a little different. Anyway, who knows? But that's what Wikipedia said. And I was like, I'm gonna write that because I don't know if that's not tennis, but another tennis. I don't know. It could have been fucking pickleball for all I know. I swear. I was just thinking, or was it pickleball? (laughs) But then they had dog kennels. They had a grand ballroom, even a small hospital on board. And this was the first ship to ever have a designated Jewish prayer room. And it was kind of like their way of being like, yeah, you know what's going on in Germany? Like, we're not with the Nazis. Like, they were kind of taking their stance. Love that. Yeah. And if you love Art Deco, and I mean, if you just think about the 30s and all of the, like, just the decadence of the 30s, that's what this ship was. Now, Titanic had already happened and all of that. But now this ship was even bigger than Titanic, you know, more grand. And again, it was for like express travel from London to also to the like border of France and then to New York. Now, when World War II started, the Queen Mary became refitted as a troop ship and she was painted gray as camouflage and she was nicknamed the Gray Ghost. So that's just like right there setting the precedent. Mm -hmm. This is going to be spooky. But if you don't know what a troop ship is, because I kept calling it a troop shoot I don't know why, but... um, Maybe because you kept talking about your poop shoot at the beginning of this <laughs> damn episode. <laughs> true. Very, very true. But basically, it's just to transport the troops to like the front lines or to various places. But it was camouflaged gray. So, you know, it'd be hard to tell like on the water and all the things. So Winston Churchill had been on the ship and he was quoted as saying that the Queen Mary shortened the war by a year, like from all of its duties and all of the things it's done, it helped. And after World War II, Queen Mary was again refitted for the she-she passengers and air conditioning was added. Oh, and the first time it had telephone service to anywhere in the world. And so it was again, pricey as fuck to use and like only the best of the best could afford that. So the ship was in service until 1967, but then she was permanently moored in Long Beach, California. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically where it's still in the water, but it's anchored and you know, has ropes and it's placed stationary. It's not dry docked. It's in the water, but it ain't moving. And the Queen Mary has remained there since then. But now it's become more of a tourist attraction and it's both a hotel and a museum. But before it was that hotel, Walt Disney, who had been one of the passengers on the Queen Mary before, had this great idea of turning it into basically the Haunted Mansion on water. And he had this grand idea for it to be Port Disney. So that's what they called it. But his plans were start with the ship and then build basically like a cruise dock there and have shopping malls and, you know, make it a Disney park basically. But it really was like the Haunted Mansion on a boat. And it had celebrity impersonators as the tour guides. So like Elizabeth Taylor and the people who had traveled on that ship in real life, these were actors portraying them on the tour. At this time, rumors had started about the ship being haunted, which kind of made Disney want to do it this way, you know. And so they had the holographic ghost like they do in the Haunted Mansion and stuff. But they had this one holographic ghost of 
of John Petter, who was a young engineer who was crushed to death in the boiler room. And I was like, damn, that's savage, Disney. Like, it's one thing to have the Haunted Mansion and these are fake ghosts. Like, you know what I mean? But like, they didn't exist. Like Ebenezer, da 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 da. I don't know their names, but like, you know what I mean? Right. But this guy, like, you're doing a holographic ghost of a real person. Yeah. You know? Anyway, but we'll get more into John's story later. They offered a haunted passages tour, which would take you to where people died during the passage on the ship. And there were almost 50 deaths on the Queen Mary itself. But shit didn't really take off like Walt Disney wanted. Attendance was low. And so he ended up not renewing the lease. So that whole plan was scrapped. And then it became what it is today. The museum and hotel combo. But now we're going to get into the spooky dookie of it all. Like I mentioned, things went bump in the night really quickly after the Queen Mary was moored. John Smith, which sounds like a fake name, but he was one of the first people to work on her. He was a marine engineer. And he was exploring the ship's bow and he heard things that shouldn't have been happening happening so he's like where it should have been just silence there were sounds of metal tearing water rushing and men screaming but he was a skeptic so he was like i don't know what that was but when he heard it he was like i can't explain it but i can't unhear what i heard so you know much like how we say zigzag when someone's shooting at you that's what the ships would do they would zigzag in the water and it was following this smaller ship. The ship was called the Kurosawa and it was like a much smaller ship, 20 times smaller than the Queen Mary. And it was kind of guiding her along the way, but they're both like zigzagging and the Queen Mary zagged when it should have zigged and the bow basically like ran into the boat and cut it in half. Because I mean, it was tiny compared to this big massive ship and it hit it right on like the sharpest point. So, of course, that caused that ship to sink, which resulted in 340 crew members dying. <gasps> on that ship. And a lot of them were sucked down with the ship, kind of like the Titanic. Yeah, so they can't be recovered. Right. Now, some people did survive. I think it was only like a handful of people that were able to survive, but others like if they didn't get sucked down to the bottom, they were there but they got uh, messed up by the propellers (gasps) of the Queen Mary. Oh no. Yeah, and so a lot of people say that the sounds of those men screaming, crying, all the commotion, like it can still be heard. And that's what John Smith heard when he was in the bow. Now, Carol Leiden, she was interviewed on Unsolved Mysteries because she was a waitress on the Queen Mary. And she recalls that it was a morning in December and she had picked up a cup of coffee. And she was like, honestly, don't know why I did it, but like I was gonna give it to this customer. Like she was in the kitchen, picked it up and was like, yep, gonna deliver it to this table. And she went to the table to give the person their coffee. And she remembered being mesmerized by this woman. She looked to be from a different era and she had dark hair rolled at the sides, no makeup on, but like flawless skin. She was wearing a cocktail dress that would have been popular like in the 40s, very pale. And this was at breakfast. So Carol was just like staring at this woman, but then she turned from being mesmerized by her to being kind of unnerved because she never saw movement of this woman. It was like she was a mannequin, but Carol brushed it off 
off because she was like, people can be weird, you know? And again, this lady was wearing a cocktail dress to breakfast. Well, there was a guy on your cruise wearing pajamas the entire day, so. (laughs) Very true. Very true. So Carol left the table to go on about her work, but she turned back just to be like, damn, is she going to move? Like, what's going on with her? And when she looked back, no one was at the table, just a cup of coffee that Carol had brought. Now, on that same episode of Unsolved Mysteries, Nancy Ann was also interviewed, and she talks about how the pools are pretty big hot spots of activity. Two women drowned in the first class pool. They weren't together. One happened in the 30s and the other in the 60s. And then there was another person who lost their life, and it was a little girl in the second class pool, and she had lost her balance while sliding down the banister into the pool, and she fell and broke her neck. And she- Also gross at the second class pool. I know. I know. But that reminds me, when we were on our cruise, because we were on the first floor, so like the lowest yeah. that you could be, like us yeah. could be. And Tiffany said, would we be the lowest level in the Titanic? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the level we were on to. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Tiff. Yeah. <laughs> like the only people who are lower are the crew and not even all the crew. It's like their mess hall down there and yeah. stuff, you know? But I was like, yeah, Tiff, that's where we would be. Now that girl was like six years old. So it's just so sad. One of the maintenance managers was in the pool area and she heard giggling and splashing. And then the splashing stopped and she saw wet footprints appear like they were from a small child. And it like walked from the pool to the pool house, you know, to where like you would change and all the things. And that's what a lot of people hear at these pools, like a girl giggling or even kind of like calling out to her parents or some people see her. And then other people have seen those two ladies in vintage looking swimsuits, you know, at the pool, in the pool, or just walking around. Now, if I'm gonna die, or well, when I do, because I'm going to, um, I want to be at a pool. You know, that's my happy place. I don't want to die in a pool. I don't want to drown. No, definitely don't want that. But I'm saying that if I've got to be on a loop like that, can you not let me be at work? Can I be at a fucking pool? (laughs) True, true. I'm going to be plugging away at fucking work. (laughs) So Nancy was kind of like Carrie and she said she was a skeptic through and through. But one day she was standing on the stairs of the pool and out of the corner of her eye, she noticed movement. When she looked, she saw an older woman. She said that she was in her 60s or 70s and she wasn't in color. It was just like she was black and white, but it was kind of dark outside. So Nancy Ann was like, huh, I don't know what that is. Like maybe that's just how the light's hitting her, but she's older and she doesn't want her to fall in. So Nancy Ann went to the stairs to go find this lady. And it was just a matter of seconds. But when she reached that spot that the lady was at, there was no one there. And there was no way that the elderly woman could have left the area without Nancy Ann seeing her. And if this isn't Carrie, she's like, look, I don't really believe in ghosts, but I believe in what I saw. And I know that's the truth, but I don't believe anyone else's stories. It's reasonable to have a healthy fear of things so that you don't do something stupid, but then to trust yourself. I know, but she's like, I saw a ghost, but I don't believe in ghost really (laughs) (laughs) i mean i get you nancy ann (laughs) also that just sounds like a rich name okay so let's talk a little bit more about john petter he was 18 years old but they say he lied about his age to get the job on the ship in 1966 there was this routine fire drill and he was at the hatch door number 13 and the doors to that engineering room or the boiler room it was ordered to be closed and he was crushed inside (gasps) them 
Now, these are like watertight doors. Like it's not just like a, oh, it's closed. No, this is like what I picture is like a spaceship, you know, like a shuttle. And when they're like coming in, because I've seen all the like fucking sci-fi movies, but like when they're coming in, it shuts so tight because like, you know, the oxygen or lack of oxygen will kill you outside. No, you know what I picture is, I think it was on the Titanic when the boiler room doors start closing and they were having to run under them so they didn't get stuck in them. Yes. Oh my God. How did I not put two and two together? Good God. That's how you did Liar Liar with the Mm -hmm. uh, booby trap thing. Yeah. And I was like, no, home alone. God. It was right there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So unfortunately, you know, he was like that for a few minutes and he was able to be freed from this. But unfortunately, the injuries were too severe and he ended up dying. They were fatal. He had injuries to his arms, his chest, his pelvis, and his face. Gosh. But it seems like he never left the ship. He's been spotted around hatch door number 13 or what they call shaft alley. And he's been known to run up behind people and they hear him whistling. Now others have seen like greasy fingerprints on them. It's usually like on their face or their arms and they're like it's like he you know he was a worker yeah there and like oh my god he touched me. Now one person had this man walk up to him and ask if they had seen his wrench and they were like huh no but when they like kind of looked around just to you know like you do you're like oh let me scan the area for you. When they looked back the guy was gone and everyone agrees that it's a man who's dressed in blue coveralls and he has a beard. Now remember Nancy Ann? She was closing down a tour she felt someone behind her and she just kind of like looked over her shoulder as I did many times because I'm a slow walker and if people were trying to walk you know around me I get to the side like you skedaddle on and let me mosey you know what I mean like Mm. I understand people are faster than me so I will gladly you know just go to the side and that's what Nancy Ann was gonna do because she's like oh this worker needs to get by like go ahead and she said she saw a man who had a beard and he was in blue coveralls but But again, she genuinely thought it was a worker or something. So she stepped aside to let the person pass, but no one did. And so she's like, wait, what the fuck? So she turned all the way around and no one was there. You know, that's scary. Oh my God. I have trust issues anyway, but I'd be like, someone's going to hide and like scare me. Like, that's what I would think. I wouldn't think it's a ghost. I would be like, oh my God, who's going to scare me? Which I love when people scare Tiffany because she's an overreactor in the best way of that. I mean, so are you, Carrie. And so I love seeing like cold be scare you and everything but there was this guy on the cruise he was one of the fun crew I can't think of their name but he did a lot of the trivia stuff and so of course he knew us and he was one of those that would like pick on you and do all the things you know like really interactive and he scared her like twice or three times and like (laughs) again one time he like came up but I saw him and he was like don't say anything you know and so he scares her and she's like wah (laughs) you know and it cracked me up but one time he got me and he like ran up behind us when we were in like going to a show so like it wasn't in trivia it wasn't like in his domain and so I wasn't like on alert and he got me so fucking good I was like Jonathan because of course I know his name too (laughs) I'm literally not surprised by any of this Anyway, so again, I would think someone was fucking with me, not a ghost. But there was another man who lost his life and he was again near the boiler room and his name was John Henry. Now, he isn't like a full apparition like 
John Petter, he's more of like a shadow person, a black figure kind of in the corner, but people have captured several EVPs when trying to talk to him. Now, there were, again, many people who'd passed away on board of the Queen Mary, but there was one who was an officer. His name was William Stark. Now, he died in a freak accident. So him and another officer had gotten like finished with their job. It was kind of dimly lit in the room and they were going to drink. And he rummaged around, thought he grabbed gin, but turns out he was drinking some kind of cleaning liquid for furniture. Well, because that's how terrible gin tastes. (laughs) Oh, Creep Mom's going to get mad at you. Well, gin is disgusting. (laughs) But he called himself and because he didn't think it tasted just like that. But Mm -hmm. like he had some big swigs and stuff and he was like, oh, fuck. Like, what the hell did I just do? You know? And he kind of laughed it off like to people and was like, man, I just like drank, you know, fucking pine salt. I don't know, you know? And they're all like, huh, you might need to get your stomach pumped because what it was was highly toxic. But he was like, I mean, I didn't drink like the whole thing, you know? Like, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. Well, four days later, he passed away. Oh my god! Because it was so highly toxic. And he's been seen near the captain's cabin and also out on the promenade. What are we in the love boat? <laughs> now, not just people, but there are like rooms that are haunted and there's a stateroom B340. And when it was retired, the ship itself, three of the third class rooms, what me and Tiffany would have been on, um, they were combined to create a larger hotel room. And that was B340. But y'all had a, a window though. We did. We, we did, did not. I'll... I also love an interior room Mm -hmm. because you can't tell what time it is and it's nice for naps. It's really good for naps. (laughs) I've never had a cruise with a window, so I do want to try that though. This one was bigger than the one, me and Tiffany had a porthole room before, but it was smaller. But Tiffany is so weird about light. So like we had like towels under it, but this one had like a bigger curtain and everything. Yeah, y'all had like a window window. Yeah, but I don't think I could do like a balcony because I feel like that would get hot. Like, I feel like it can't be that airtight. I don't know. Because, you know, I don't like a hot room. Oh, and the rooms on a cruise are hot. But also, I can't afford a room with a balcony. So, I think I'm just telling myself, it'd be hot. And I don't want to do it. (laughs) You know, you just got to play it down so I don't feel bad about myself. Back to B340. Things were starting to go awry quickly in there. One time, there was a woman who was staying in the hotel, like, when it was just remodeled. And she was asleep when the bed covers were ripped off of her in the middle of the night. So when she opened her eyes from that to be like, what the fuck? Who dares disturb my slumber? She saw a man looming over the end of her bed. But before she could do anything, before she could go get the room steward, anything like that, the guy vanished. Now, if Yuli was a room steward, he'd be like, are you in the restroom? Donna, were you in the bathroom? (laughs) Yes, Yuli, my stomach is messed up, okay? You didn't notice how I was walking fast and I never walk fast? (laughs) But other guests in this room have heard Phantom sounds like footsteps, voices, knocking on the doors. And it's not just like a a knock. It is a like, hey, I need to get in, you know? And so they are like, oh shit, what's going on? And no one's there. Also, people 
I've experienced faucets turning on by themselves at night, which reminds me of how you went through that phase where you would find faucets just on. All the time, everywhere I went, there would just be like a faucet just running. Yeah, it was so weird. So in 1989, two women were sent to clean one of the lounges for this VIP reception. Well, they walked in and they saw someone sitting in a chair in the middle of the dance floor, like the ballroom area. And so they were like, wait, what? But the person just remained still and silent. But then the third worker, who probably moseyed like me, came in and she was going to help clean. And she was like, uh, this is weird. Can you please move? But the guests didn't move or act like they even heard the women at all. And so the women were like, we're going to have to call security because this is fucking weird. And when they turned around to go and call security, they looked back and the guest had vanished. I don't know why they have a lot of mannequin guests up on the show. (laughs) All of them are just so like stagnant. I think that might be scarier than like something that's moving. I'm trying to brace myself for a jump scare or something. Again, I don't trust people. So like if they're just sitting there, I'm like, what's going to happen? If they're walking or something, I'm like, okay, they're doing something. Like, I don't know why that is scarier to me, but it is. Okay, so something that used to be the first class lounge, it's now called the Queen's Salon. And there's a woman in a white dress. So, you know, like the white lady that a lot of hauntings have. There's one here and she's been spotted dancing in that room. And she's also been spotted on the stairs by the lobby too. Now, there are lots of other apparitions who've been seen around the ship and they're usually in very dated clothing, don't speak or interact. And this reminds me of a guy Tiff and I saw on the cruise because like out of nowhere, we see this guy and she's like, did you see the time traveler, dude? And like, I'm like, what? And I look over and I see who she's talking. I was like, whoa, he's a time traveler (laughs) because he looked like we plugged him out of another era. Like, and he was like all in tan stuff too. So it was just like a monotone, like safari look. And he had like a mustache, like a dapper mustache, you know? Yeah. And we were like, what the fuck? weird but then we saw him later and he was with the girl and he was talking so he wasn't like a mannequin like these people yeah. like oh okay now that's just his aesthetic I mean it doesn't mean that he wasn't a time traveler true oh my god what if we saw a time traveler you'll never know so the ghoul boys from BuzzFeed Unsolved covered this and Ryan I'm not really going to talk about what they did on the ship in that episode but he said that he had been there so again Ryan is the Donna of this relationship you know he believes in ghosts but he wasn't always like that So he had said... 10 years before they had visited the Queen Mary, him and his friends had went on there. And he was like confronting or, you know, like taunting the ghost. Like, okay, if you're really here, do something. And he had called them like a motherfucker. Things like that. Things he would never do now. But, you know, he was younger, dumber, and he believed, but he didn't believe. But later that night, he was in the bathroom of his hotel room, like on the ship, brushing his teeth. And out of nowhere, his toothpaste, like, just looked like it got picked up and, like, threw to the ground. And he was like, what the fuck? And it was kind of like that ghost was like, you want to taunt me? Right. I'm going to show you. And that was one of Ryan's, like, first experiences. And he was like, okay, um, that's real. And so he really was forever changed with that. And now, you know, he doesn't taunt the spirits or anything like that. He really is the one who's like, that sound. 
what was that? You know, he's very, very scared because he, he was trying to be a Zach Bagans, but he was like, nope, can't do that because no one should taunt the ghost, okay? But I'm going to wrap this up with two experiences from Reddit. And one is from Christina W25. And she said that she had had a few experiences years ago when she had toured the ship. And when they were looking at the swimming pool, which was empty now, she uh, could see some shadows looking like they were diving into the water. And it was from where like the height of like a diving board would have been. And then she said they went into a darkened room and they were told that this used to be the dressing room for the entertainment shows on the ship. And she said that she just was like overwhelmed and felt like she was going to faint. And what she described it as is like her battery was drained. And when that happened, the tour guide was like, yeah, that happens a lot here. Now, that lady did say that she had gotten some spooky pictures of faces in that area, but she was like, I was very young and they scared the shit out of me, so I deleted them. And this was before cell phones and stuff, so like once you deleted it, it was gone. Now, another person said that they had very odd experiences on the Queen Mary and they had done an impromptu tour of the boat. Now, there is a flea market in the park next to the Queen Mary and you like, if you bought admission there, you could walk over to the boat. So that it was very impromptu. But don't worry, she didn't knock over a whole thing of uh, tumblers. They said that they walked around taking pictures, you know, doing all the things. And going up one side of the engine room, there was this thin metal ladder. And they got very discombobulated. And again, felt very, you know, dizzy, like their battery was drained. And they said they actually like clawed into the railing to hold on because they lost their balance so much. And now the Queen Mary is floating, but it ain't doing all the rocking like you would in open seas. So it wasn't like, oh, well, the boat was doing this, you know, like, no, that was a completely different feeling than you would have had on the ship if it was moving. But anyway, they left and the friend and the writer parted ways. When they went home, they collapsed and it was like they took that beam dream powder uh, and they slept for like two hours, like solid from this nap. And then they texted their friend when they woke up and was like, dude, I was so exhausted. Like, I don't remember coming home. Like, what the hell? And the friend was like, dude, I just slept for like two hours. Like, I was knocked out. And they just thought that was so like bizarre and weird that like it, they lost time and both fell asleep like so hard after experiencing that vertigo and everything on the ship. But if you want to maybe have experiences like this, go visit the Queen Mary. It is in Long Beach, California, and it's been on a lot of different shows. So like I know you have probably seen it even if like you didn't know you were seeing it because it was used in some movies and things like that. Did you see anything about the movie sets being haunted of those movies that it was on? Uh, Yeah, one said like the crew had it was called like the haunting of the Queen Mary. <laughs> was the movie clever yeah and uh i feel like it was like that movie ghost ship did you ever see that that really scared me i don't know why anything but... with water scares you <laughs> true <laughs> but the crew had had some you know instances where they were like yeah we're gonna leave right now like we'll come back tomorrow interesting and then i think the other ones that it was in it was just kind of like one scene maybe in the background you know that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. 
All right, before we talk any more about these stories, we got to talk about Tushy. Because what is my favorite thing besides sleep? A bidet. Look, seriously, it's one of the first things I tell you when I meet you. I love sleep and I love bidets. And not just any bidet. I love my Hello Tushy bidet. Hello Tushy bidets stream water that cleans your bum two times better than wiping. Even if you use wet wipes, you're still smearing poop around and introducing nasty chemicals to your bootay. Using Hello Tushy Bidet also prevents poo particles from spreading to your hands and then everything you touch. When you really stop and think about it, it's so gross. Like, you you literally are just smearing it. And the good thing about the Hello Tushy Bidet is it attaches to your existing toilet. It's not a separate toilet. It doesn't need any electricity, no extra plumbing. Simply do you do, spray, and pat dry. It will literally cut down your toilet paper use by 80%. And if you're like some people I know, my husband, you don't even do a dry pat, which is just savagery. (laughs) I mean, to each their own, but my booty needs to be dry. I will say sometimes I don't do the the dry wipe. I oh give him gosh. I give him crap, but uh I really sometimes don't do it. I'm all about that deep clean that the Hello Tissue Bidet gives you, but I do have to pat it dry. But you know, I'm a napkin girl too. You really are. <laughs> if you don't have a napkin that I can wipe my hands or like a dishcloth or something like that after I wash my hands, I don't like it. But you're a napkin girl even with like condensation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I hate I just hate water except for a bidet. That's right. And a pool. And with over 100,000 five-star reviews, you can see why millions of real pooping humans already love their Hello Tushy bidet. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with 30-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Every single person that I have recommended getting a bidet to has never been disappointed. Like I'm talking out of the minimum 15 people that I've got using bidets, not one of them is disappointed. You know how people say like, how would you join a cult? If someone said, hey, I have a bidet here, you'd be like, oh, okay, I can go into this place. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all got to get in on this toilet action. And look, you can even shop for this from your toilet. This Brown Friday, save up to 30% on bidets and bundles. You're going to go to hellotushy.com slash creep and use the promo code creep for 30% off your first order. That is a lot. It is. And again, we say this all the time, even just with that Brown Friday, the play on words and everything, the Hello Tushy bidet, the advertisements, and just the emails I get, everything. I love it. It's so much personality. And to me, if they're putting that much into their emails, their marketing, all that, you know they're doing it into their product too. Exactly. And they really do send emails that I click. It's not one that I go, oh, I'm not going to read that. And that's how I learned that it helps with UTIs, like preventing Mm -hmm. UTIs and stuff like that. So they send incredible information, but they wrap it in, you know, this brown bow. (laughs) Exactly. That's hellotushy.com slash creep and use promo code creep for 30% off your first order. And that's now through November 25th. So you got to get on this fast because 30% off is a really good deal from Hello Tushy. So head on over to hellotushy.com slash creep and use promo code creep for 30% off your first order. 
Y'all, Care Of is back, and Care Of is a sponsor of this episode. And in case you haven't heard us talk about Care Of before, it is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. All you gotta do to get started is take a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Care Of is gonna give you doctor-backed recommendations. It's that freaking easy. And seriously, Care Of makes taking your vitamins on the go so convenient convenient because they are all in individual daily packets and it's perfect for people who have a busy routine. Yep, all you gotta do is throw a few in your purse, gym bag, lunch bag, any bag, and you are all set. I feel like if my mom was alive, she would have these in her purse because she had everything in her purse. And it's so easy, she would be able to do the quiz. She really would. I love that the packages come individualized with your name on it, with everything that I need. Not what Donna needs, what I need. And also what I love about Care Of is it is monthly and, you know, things change, seasons change, your life changes, and Care Of will change with you. All you have to do is take that quiz again and it's going to match your lifestyle now, your goals now. So it really grows with you. I love that it takes the guesswork out of going to the pharmacy, the market, and wherever you get your vitamins or supplements from. And there are vitamins from A to Z and you don't know what they're for and what to take or how much to take but you're going to get a doctor-backed recommendation when you use Care-of, and it's really going to take the guesswork out. So for 50% off your first Care-of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code CREEP50. That's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F.com and enter code CREEP50 for 50% off your first care of order. It's travel time. You need these quality personalized vitamin supplements and powders that are super convenient to take on the go. Head on over to takecareof.com and enter code CREEP50 for 50% off your first care of order. I can't figure out the name of your ship because Queen Mary, it was named after the king's why? I think that's what it said. Now, this could be one of those things that I saw one source and I trusted it like I did Bloody Mary and it was like Queen Elizabeth and I said it like a fool. <laughs> so that could be it. But I'm pretty sure it said King George V, which is five, correct? I don't fucking know. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm guessing on that too. But his wife was Queen Mary. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth, I thought, was Queen of England during World War II. And her dad was George the Sixth. So maybe he was still alive or something. And it could have been, but also you have to think it was being built before World War II. So it yeah. could have, you know, it was a grand ship and all of that. So it could have taken a bit to actually build, but. I don't know. Or maybe that is all rumors and he didn't say, hey, name it after my wife. But I did see that like the name was supposed to be Victoria, but it was turned to Queen Mary. Now, uh, so her grandfather, George V, his wife's name was Mary. So maybe it was. Maybe maybe you're right. I wouldn't trust myself though. Well, y'all let us know because even though she's a history major, she don't know shit about shit with history. And I just watched The Crown. So. <laughs> oh my God. We were playing trivia on the cruise and I swear this is the last time I'm going to mention the cruise, but we were playing trivia and we did pretty well for some things, but it was uh, a decades thing. And we're, we thought it was going to be like one question from the 20s, yeah. one question from the 30s. No, we got there and they're like, okay, this decade is going to be 
the 50s and me and Tiffany were like oh shit <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck but you know you're there it doesn't matter like yeah. it's just fun and it was some war like it was something and I was like the Korean war maybe I was like I don't know that's just like in my head and so we wrote it down because we had no other guess yeah it was you know like the one question maybe one of three that we got right then <laughs> so I'm telling you you like the trivia, we love that. One time we went outside and I was like, oh, I forgot there was an outside. Like, <laughs> because we had been inside so much doing shit. And like, we went out to get like lunch on the Lido deck and we went a certain way because you could go the back way and never see fucking daylight. And I was like, God, it's a lot of people out here. <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyway, but we were playing trivia and it's just for like the ship on the stick, you know? Yeah. It's silly stuff. And I did get one once on our cruise. Yeah. But... It's just like, I don't know. I don't like cheaters. Oh, me neither. You know? Mm-mm. And there was this group and there were like eight of them all sitting and it's a fucking game. Like, yeah. it's nothing. But they won. They got every question right. No, they didn't. And I'm like, okay. Like, I understand knowing a lot of shit. Like, come on, you know? And they won one and then they won another one right back. Like, because it was like trivia, 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 yeah. you know? And... I'm like, they have like eight people over there. Yeah. That's not fucking fair. Yeah. And it's, it's a fucking plastic ship on a stick. I know. But it's the, it's the fact that like they're acting like they have done something. And I'm like, you have eight people over there. Yeah. We have two. Yeah. And not even like other people. We had a friend's trivia and Tiffany was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. We got down there. A girl had a friend's shirt on and you didn't know that this trivia was going to go on. Like she yeah. literally just had that shirt. I wish we could remember the questions so we could ask Casey. That's my sister. Because she's also a huge friends fan because Tiffany was like I don't fucking know that like oh my god like they're pulling out some random shit you know she knew a lot of them though like maybe three she didn't know yeah but I mean it really was like yeah I have no fucking clue like it's not it was what guest star did this yeah and like you would have to know like stuff about friends to know what it was yeah like he lost a bet in poker and so he was a guest star on the show Bruce Willis it was him. Yeah, I didn't know that. And then one was like, Phoebe had a cutout of this character or this person. Don't know that one. Yeah, I had no, uh, I can't remember who it was. Oh, Evander Holyfield, I think. Hmm. Anyway, but like, it was so hard. But like, these people really knew their shit. But then there was, again, a big group of people all around doing it. And I'm like, man, this one lady was like knowing everything. And she didn't know like two things that like, I feel like no one knew. Yes. But they somehow knew it. Yeah. And it's like, it's an honor system y'all also with trivia nothing makes me matter than somebody shouting out the answers oh my god yeah we had some of those because it was like in a lobby where people would go through and he would be saying something and somebody like walking through and be like bruce willis and it's like shut up yes and again jonathan was our guy and he gave no fucks and he would say shit like if someone came and they were late he'd be like why are you late why are you (laughs) doing it now you're not gonna win like why are you doing it you know like just giving them shit god i loved it well we love y'all thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us don't forget to like subscribe review all the things and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared